1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Warford gives it to Smart. Smart and
2: half He's picked by Holiday! And that's going to do it! Milwaukee! A comeback win on the road! They win it 110 107 and Milwaukee leads this best-of-seven series 3-2.
3: to two. Oh, my God, what a night. Unbelievable. So, first, we have that absolute disaster with the Celtics, which I will get into for the most of the night in greater detail in just a second here. But just to top it off, just as if we didn't go through enough misery... We needed to watch Ryan Brazier in the ninth inning. You felt like, oh, maybe the Red Sox can win this game. I don't know why I thought that. They decide to blow every game they play late. Anytime they're in a game late, they lose it. So I don't know why I thought, okay, maybe the Red Sox can bail us out a little bit. Not that that would have meant anything better for the Celtics, but at least have something good to talk about after that game tonight, which was a complete disaster for the Celtics. But no, (laughs) got Ryan Brazier on the mound in the ninth inning. Ryan Brazier. I mean, I don't know what the hell this bullpen is right now. It's an absolute disaster. Your best reliever threw three innings yesterday. I mean, that was fantastic. Great. And he wasn't even good. And not an indictment on Garrett Whitlock, but my, my word. I mean, you got nobody that can close out games right now. Ryan Brazier on the mound. The guy has a hard hit rate. Balls off the bat 95 plus at 68.9% earning tonight. The worst of any reliever in the sport. Okay. It's going to be over 70 at night because he just gave up a 105-mile-an-hour bomb. That guy. Okay, so after you go through that horrible, horrible Celtics loss, which I promise I'm going to get to in a second here. But, man, after you go through that excruciating loss, Ryan Brazier's on the damn mound. Because I know a lot of you, like me tonight, you're mainly paying attention to the Celtics. You got the Red Sox on the other screen like I do here in the studio. But you're mainly paying attention to the Celtics. Team with an opportunity to win a championship. All that, and you tune over, you make you pay attention to the Red Sox. Evaldi gave up another home run tonight. I mean, that's ridiculous. And a nine on the season for him. <laughs> Didn't give up a home run until his, what, 10th start last year. <laughs> so nine home runs in seven games so far this year. I, I get to watch Ryan Brazier on the damn mound. What did you think was going to happen? Obviously, he's going to give up a home run. If, if he doesn't give up a home run, you know he's giving up the damn lead. It's Ryan Brazier. This guy gives up Rockets all over the damn field. I mean, the best use of this guy is really this. At this point, this is what the Red Sox you do with Ryan Brazier. Now, the offense woke up a little bit yesterday. Uh, they had three runs early in this game. Story hit a home run. Blah, blah, blah. Congratulations, Tim. Happy for him and his family. But they don't score after the three runs they put up early in the game. A typical thing that we've seen with the Red Sox throughout the season. And, and then there's this component to the whole situation. You now look at it, and the Red Sox continue to blow these games late. The Celtics lose this thing. And you just feel like, geez, can you catch a break here? Tonight, this team has an opportunity to win an NBA championship, to seal a win. They come out of the third quarter kind of lethargic, but they ended up outscoring the Bucs by two points. And then the fourth quarter rolls around. And now you're in a real situation if you're the Celtics. So, I mean, either one's on the table. If you want to talk about the Red Sox and complain about them, I'll take your call. six one seven 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 nine. 790 7 because this is an absolute disaster. <laughs> you look across the sport. I mean, they got Canley Jansen for the Braves. The other night watching the Angels with Ryan Tapera, Kendall Graveman's going for the White Sox when we watched them play the White Sox. The Yankees have a million good relievers. <laughs> all these guys, Tapera, Graveman, Jansen, all these guys all available in the offseason. The Red Sox did, Nah, we're good. We're good baby. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Matt Barnes Eighteen point seven five million dollars to do what? What is Matt Barnes doing for this team? I mean, High Bloom went into the season thinking that they were going to get Matt Barnes back on track, like he was going to be an entity for this team again. I mean, come on, the guy wouldn't throw a fastball for like basically all his outings until the last one, last two, I should say, and he gave it up in his last one. <laughs> I mean, that's that was your plan for the bullpen. Hey, let's go out and get Jake Diekman. Guy's coming off his worst season. Yeah, oh, Jake Deakman, that'll work. Okay, yeah, he looks good. He looks really good. Walk in the ballpark, 17% walk rate. Give me a freaking break. Same walk rate as Darwinson Hernandez last year. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it really is unbelievable. All right, let me get to the Celtics here. I mean, because this was just an utter disaster. I mean, I cannot think. I, I, look, we've suffered... Bad losses as sports fans before, but I just can't think of a worse night right now. I I mean, like, you can go back to the Red Sox losing when, of course, it ended the series, Tim Wakefield to Aaron Boone. Like, okay, I can understand the Game 7 Celtics-Lakers. I mean, that was embarrassing as well. Go small, Doc, would you? But anyway, getting back to my original point, just like the combination of things tonight. (laughs) I mean, just the combination of the Celtics losing And then you start to focus in on the Red Sox. And who the hell's on the damn mound? Ryan Brazier. Oh, no. So, anyway, sorry. I completely got uh, discombobulated there. The Red Sox should use Brazier as a a BP pitcher, right? He gives up the most rockets in Major League Baseball. After tonight, his hard hit rate's going to be over 70% after the 105-mile-an-hour rocket. Best use of Ryan Brazier. Have him be your BP, BP pitcher. Red Sox offense sucks right now. Might as well have him throw BP. They'll get the guys going. Come on. Got to get these guys going. Have Ryan Brazier throw BP. But anyway, let me get to the Celtics. 617-779-7937 is the number. The last time I have felt this bad about a Celtics loss was game seven against the Lake. Before we go any further, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. <laughs> All right, so Red Sox on the table because they completely suck right now. It's completely embarrassing, and quite frankly, it's all on the guy that's running the team. It's on Heimblum. Your team is not good enough. You went into the season with not nearly enough arms in the bullpen. It's Quite frankly, it's embarrassing. And if your plan was to have Bobby Dahlbeck be the everyday, or if your plan was Tristan Cassis wasn't ready to play, you can't go into the season assuming Bobby Dahlbeck is going to be the guy he was in August. Because... The majority of the information we have on Bobby Dahlback is, quite frankly, is not very good. So you went into the season with that guy as your first base. And I give Franchi credit. He went down to the minor leagues. He looks better. Like I'll give Franchi credit. But this is not the plan. I mean, this plan is a complete disaster. And everything that has transpired with this team, look, individual is going to be better. I get all that. But the main guy that deserves blame for the Red Sox is Heinblum. But with the Celtics situation, as painful as I can remember, since that Lakers loss, and that Lakers loss was horrific. Kobe sucked in that game, Ron Artest, all that crap. They had a real opportunity to win another championship, and I mean, I've had enough of the 08 Celtics. Doc Rivers, how many times is that guy going to tell us that the Celtics, oh my God, they've never lost a series and they were completely healthy. All right, Doc, maybe go small once and you would have won more championships. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to take shots at Doc tonight. That's not what I'm mad about. What I'm mad about is how the Celtics lost this game. In complete control, basically for the entirety of the game until the fourth quarter. In complete control of this thing. You had the Bucks on the freaking ropes, and you couldn't deliver the knockout blow. Couldn't do it. Because you couldn't rebound. Unbelievable. This is one of the worst rebounds. And I'm not even this is not even hyperbolic. This is A, one of the worst rebounding performances we have seen the entire NBA season. And this is one of the worst rebounding games I can ever remember from a team in a big game. Uh, this was absolutely atrocious. And the reality is it probably isn't even a story if we don't see the last rebound on the free throw miss. Right? Yeah, the free throw miss where you knew Giannis is going to miss a free throw. The guy can't shoot free throws. You know he's going to miss. We've already seen this throughout the series. Game What was it, game four, Monday night. Sorry, I'm getting my games mixed up. They're beat. Daniel Tice got beat twice for free throw rebounds. Earlier in this game tonight, the Celtics beat for a free throw rebound. They get beat tonight for a free throw rebound. Now, this one was sort of unfortunate the way it went because they did a good job getting Bobby Portis out originally, Jalen Brown on the... Giannis's left side, they get Bobby Portis out. Smart does a good job getting around Drew Holiday to come in to get that rebound, but then they freaking collide. They freaking collide, and the Bucks get the rebound. Bobby Portis puts it back in. We all know what happened. But this was a theme throughout the night. I mean, you really think back to how this game ended for the Celtics. Their inability to get late rebounds cost them the game and could really end up costing them the series. Think about this. It's 105-99. The Celtics should win this game. It's 105-99. The Bucks miss a shot. Wes Matthews, he's like 6'4", gets an offensive rebound. He finds Giannis. Giannis somehow hits a three. He somehow hits a three, so they cut it to 105-102. Then when the game gets back to 105-104, oh, by the way, after Jason Tatum takes an absolutely atrocious shot, They don't move the ball at all. They just give it to Jason Tatum at the elbow. He takes basically a step-back shot. I mean, it's a terrible shot, and the Bucs get the rebound. crazy concept. The Bucs got the rebound. But then, Portis gets an offensive rebound off the free throw to make it 106-105. So, two late offensive rebounds. And this is absolutely jarring to think about. So I'm not going to throw out a million numbers at you right away because I'm just pissed off at how everything transpired tonight. Freaking Ryan Brazier on the mound throwing BP and what happened with the Celtics. Think about this for a second. In the fourth quarter of the game, the Bucks missed 12 total shots, the honest free throw, and 11 field goal attempts. Do you realize that the Bucs in that quarter, <laughs> they grabbed seven of their 12 misses? Seven, seven of their 12 misses. That's a 58.3% offensive rebounding rate. They actually found a way to grab 58% of their misses. 58.3%. Celtics didn't even shoot 50% from the floor in the fourth quarter. This team got 58.3% of its misses. I mean, it almost seems like it should be made up. How does anybody get 58.3% of their misses in a quarter? They missed 12 shots. Uh, Not a big deal. Who cares? Uh, You know what? We'll we'll just get the rebound. Hey, you missed a shot. Great. No big deal. We're going to get seven of our 12 misses. Incredible. I can't even make that up. If I wanted to make that up, I couldn't fathom to think of that. I couldn't think... Hey, you know, what I'll, you know what I'll say? They got a million offensive rebounds. Ex- I can't make that up. Seven out of their 12 misses. And at the most inopportune time, as bad as it was the whole night. I mean, the rebounding was atrocious. We'll get into that in greater detail as the night goes on. It was absolutely porous. It was horrible. All you had to do was get one free throw rebound. You take a 3-2 to two series lead. You go back to Milwaukee, and you deliver the knockout blow. Or at the very least, you come back for a Game 7 at the Garden and deliver the knockout blow. But you're still in control of the series. And you can't grab a stupid rebound off a free throw. And it's something that has happened all series long, and it bit him in the ass tonight. I mean, it's amazing to me. The Celtics royally outplayed the Bucs for most of this game. In fact, the Bucs, who through the first three games... In fact, in all four of the first games of the series, now it was a little bit, it wasn't as skewed in game four, but in the series, the Bucks have been outscoring the Celtics in the paint by a wide margin. Tonight, the Celtics win in that particular category 50-44, to 44, and the Bucs win because of their offensive rebounding. And really, the inability of the Celtics to grab a rebound, that's the way it really should be categorized. The Bucs took 10 more shots than the Celtics because of the offensive rebounds. And they also took six more free throws. It wasn't an official thing. I'm just saying that they took six more free throws and they took 10 more shots. The Celtics, think about this, for the game, they shot 51.2% from the field. The Bucs shot 43.5% and the Bucs won because the freaking Celtics took 10 last shots because they couldn't grab a freaking offensive rebound. So really, I'll go through it here because here is the number that just sticks out to me. And I don't think I'll ever forget these numbers. I have a pretty good memory to begin with. Like ordinarily, when I see something, if I see something once when it's written down, I can remember it. I can remember where I saw it. But I don't think I'll ever forget this. The Bucks in this game posted a 58.3% offensive rebounding rate in the fourth. We went through that in the game. They posted a 41.8% offensive rebounding rate. They got 41% of their misses. Think about how unbelievable that is. 41%. Memphis led the NBA this season with a 33.8% offensive rebounding rate. The Bucs, again, were at 41.8% tonight. The Bucs aren't even a great offensive rebounding team. 26.9% <laughs> of the season. That was 16. So what that leads to is extra opportunities for an offense that wasn't good. For an offense that hasn't been good in the series. The Bucs offense in the series, their effective field goal percent percentage is worse than the worst offense in the NBA this year. Their offensive rating is worse than the 30th offense in the NBA. So they were playing worse than the worst offense in the NBA this year. That's a lot of worse, but worse than the worst offense in the NBA this season. That's how bad the Bucs offense has been in this series. Yet you give them extra opportunities. 20 because they can't get a rebound, twenty off a second chance points. Nine in the fourth alone. And the Grizzlies, by the way, led the league with 18.7 second chance points. So the Bucs better than that tonight. They only averaged 13.5, middle of the road, 14th in the NBA. You have turned the Bucs into the greatest offensive rebounding team in the history of the NBA. Congratulations to the Celtics. You did something. You have made the Bucs. Look like the greatest offensive rebounding team that, quite frankly, this earth has ever seen. Unbelievable. And here's the best part. Brooke Lopez wasn't on the court for the free throw rebound. A tall dude that looks like he's on freaking stilts. Can barely move. I mean, the guy's got a weird... His gait is weird. The guy moves really weird. But the point being, that guy wasn't on the court and they still got the offensive rebound. Unreal. All right, I want to hear from you guys tonight on the Celtics loss and the mess that is the Red Sox. We can get into it all. We're with you until midnight. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's kick it off tonight with Rich. He is in Dorchester. Hey, Rich.
4: Hello, Richard. Great job, as always. Brian, hey. I don't even care about the Red Sox. I don't even want to talk about them. And this <laughs> To me, it's all Celtics. Brian, please let me make a couple of points, and then I'll let you talk, brother. Okay. Why isn't Daniel Tice in the game for rebounding? Yeah,
3: you know, Rich, I I understand your point on that. Maybe that's where they missed Robert Williams tonight, right? The offensive rebound. That's where it showed up. But hold on. Hold on, Rich. Daniel Tice got beat for two free throw rebounds in game four. So I don't know if he gets those either. I mean, he's not a great rebounder. Okay.
4: Okay, Brian, I give you that. Another point, Brian. Yep. Look at every team that's in the playoffs right now. They have a natural NBA point guard that can run a pick and roll at the end of the game and is a threat to score. Marcus Smart hinders this team in a half-court offense at the end of the game. Honestly, Brian, yeah, I, I want to push it. I want to put Pritchard in in the last two minutes
3: because I'm oh, pick and Rich. roll, Brian. <laughs> Rich, sport. come on. Come on, Rich. I appreciate the cu- – come on. What are we talking about? You want to put Pritchard in the game late over Marcus Smart? I mean, Pritchard, that guy's going to be sponsored by Target by the end of the series. They're just going to target him all along. How can you keep that guy in? For an offensive possession, Marcus Smart, he's one of their best playmakers. There are three best playmakers – are Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Derek White, who was absolutely fantastic tonight, but nobody's ever going to talk about that. Why would you? I mean, the team lost, right? Derek White was outstanding in this game, by the way, tonight. But anyway, getting back to your original point, Marcus Smart was not the problem in terms of his play late. That play was drawn up for Tatum to come off some weak side action. Al Horford was setting a screen for him. So it wasn't like the play was drawn up for Marcus Smart. The play was drawn up for Jason Tatum to get the ball coming off some weak side action. We saw it earlier where actually Ime Doka had a really good ATO after timeout earlier in the game late in the fourth quarter where they ran Jason Tatum from the corner up. He got the ball with a head of steam, and he ended up getting to the free throw line. Remember, he hit up the pair of the free throws late. That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get Jason Tatum with a running start with an advantage, and Marcus Marches didn't see it. The play wasn't developing, so they decided, you know what? Abort the play, and Marcus Smart went for it. Unfortunately, Drew Holiday made an outstanding play. So I'm not going to criticize Marcus Smart being on the floor late. If you want to criticize Marcus Smart for some of the decisions late, I mean, you can do that. But the bigger issue in the game is you should have never been in that position. You should have never been in a position tonight where essentially it came down to the end of the game like that. Let's get to Wally and Fall River. Hey, Wally.
5: What's up, Bryant? Dang. Uh, uh when are one of the calling hours for our Red Sox with their two hundred and twenty million dollar payroll. Cool. I mean you know uh, it's good to the point now you wonder what high and blue in ownership is thinking. Are they gonna blow it up? Is this a bridge here or what uh, what can be done to fix this? Is it an impossible task? You're eleven and a half games out, you jump on have to jump over four teams. Uh, you get a, you have to win at least 16 out of 20, which I don't see happening. And you got to hope everybody else loses. But uh, we knew with the bullpen, that's nothing new. But uh, what, what's shocking for the last six weeks is the offense. That has been the most startling thing, I think, Brian, about these Red Sox.
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that, Wally. I appreciate the phone call, as always, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it. It's 617-779-7937. So a couple of things there is... The offense has not been nearly good enough. We've gone through that, and there's certain guys that got to be better. Devers has been good. Bogarts has been good. JD has been good. Jackie's been better than expected, but the rest of these guys, Kike has been flat out awful. He was 0 for 5 again tonight. <laughs> the guys hit the second most infield flies in the entire sport. I mean, it's ridiculous to see what's happened to Kike Hernandez. Story has not been great. I mean, it seems like he's starting to find some things right now, but overall, Bobby Dalback has been a mess. The offense has been a problem, but really what has hurt this team. And the offense has hurt this team, but malpractice by the guy running the team in Heimbloom. He didn't put enough out there for the manager. And really, it's unfortunate for Alex Cora. He doesn't have enough to work with. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if you want to weigh in on the Celtics, you certainly can. Is it over, or do you still give them a chance? 617-779-7937. And if you want to weigh in on the Red Sox in this complete disaster, certainly can as well. With you until midnight here on EEI. The
0: Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now,
3: here's what's trending on
2: WEEI.
3: All right, well, trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. Well, the Celtics are now facing elimination. The Bucks beat them 110-107 over at the Garden tonight to take a 3-2 series lead. They outscored the Celtics 33-21 in the fourth quarter of this game. Real issue in this one was the late rebound off a free throw. They gave Bobby Portis a putback. The Celtics at that time had a 105-104 lead. It gave the Bucks the lead for good. And unfortunately, Marcus Smart was blocked by Drew Holiday. On the next play, Giannis, 40 points in this one, 11 rebounds. The story would have been he missed a late free throw, but that's not the story now. Jason Tatum, 34 in the loss. Jalen Brown went for 26. Well, the Seas elimination game coming up on Friday night. They have to win to extend the series. That game back in Milwaukee, though. Meanwhile, similar theme for the Red Sox tonight. They lose to the Braves 5-3. to A walk-off home run for Orlando Garcia off Ryan Brazier. Brazier continues to be an issue for this team, but they keep trotting him out there. Don't have many other guys to put out there. Trevor Story did it his first home run as a Red Sox in the loss. The Sox and the Rangers open up a three-game set Friday night in Texas. first pitch across the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Tune into the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 7.05 with Mutt. It's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Make Massachusetts yours. Start your adventure at visitma.com. The Bees and the Hurricanes play game six Friday night at the Garden, a do-or-die game, of course, for the Bees, as Carolina holds a 3-2 series edge. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
5: Call from Mom.
2: Answer it. Call silenced.
1: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee and 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com what were you trying to do on that final play when Marcus was blocked by Holiday
2: a weak side action for for Allen J JB and then bring a specific matchup into it the uh, to get the, the matchup we wanted downhill for JT. Got a little stagnant on the weak side. They didn't pass, and clock was running down with no timeout, so Marcus had to go get it and try to make a play.
3: All right, we are with you until midnight. If you want to weigh in on the debacle that was the Celtics loss, you certainly can. at 617-779-7937. Do you believe now that this series is over? And the Red Sox on the table all night as well as this just continues to be. Tough loss after tough loss after tough loss this season for this club. So both on the table tonight at 617-779-7937, the number. And one of the most irritating things to me about this whole situation is Al Horford is playing the best he's ever had in the postseason. Now, he was not great tonight in terms of the scoring, eight points, but he only took seven shots. He ends up with six assists, eight rebounds. But the point being is you got an incredible Al Horford game in Game 4 when it looked like you were going to lose that game. He saved your season. And it feels like you may have wasted that opportunity now that you're down 3-2. to And who knows what the future for Al is. If you want to bring him back next year, he's, he's got a partial guarantee, but it's $26 million. I would assume that they bring him back because he's been so good for this team. But the reality is, are you ever going to get this type of performance from Al Horford again? So it feels like you are completely wasting Al Horford's outstanding performance. Like, we're never going to remember it. I mean, yeah, you casually talk. Well, I remember that Al game that was outstanding. Yeah, but they lost the series. Who the hell cares? That's what we'll talk about. Yeah, nobody really cares because you lost the series. So you're wasting this Al Horford situation. I feel like Derek White has been outstanding the past two games. Nine points tonight. He was a team high plus eight. And he's, he's the only guy that had a higher plus-minus in him in this game is Drew Holiday. He's a plus-14. Drew Holiday was outstanding in this game. But the point being is you've wasted so many good opportunities because you couldn't rebound tonight. And quite frankly, Jason Tatum turned it on in the second half. I'm not disputing that. But he was absolutely atrocious in the first half. And I know that he had 16 points, but he did it on 18 shooting possessions. He was just 15 of 16 from the floor. So when I looked at Jason Tatum in that first half, he just forced way too many shots. And he took too many early shots in the shot clock that he didn't need to take. Right? He's just forcing up above the break threes. Whenever the Celtics got into the lane, they were making hay. I mean, evidence would be the fact that they outscored the Bucks in the paint, which would be unheard of if I told you that three days ago, that the Celtics would outscore the Bucks in the paint. But they did that tonight. And Jason Tatum in that first half, I don't know if it was because He came off that atrocious game in game four. Maybe that was part of the issue for Tatum was he kind of overcompensated. But he took way too many shots early in that game and early in the shot clock. When the Celtics had the ball moving around, things were happening. Derek White was great. Marcus Smart was really good in the first half of this game. Now, second half, not so much. But in the first half of the game, I thought Smart played well. Seven points in the first half. He had a couple of assists as well. Derek White, eight points, three assists in the first half. The problem was, in that first half, I just felt like Jason Tatum took too many shots when he didn't need to take them. I don't have a problem with Jason Tatum in a game taking 29 shots. I really don't. He's your best player, so I don't have an issue with that. But it's just the shot selection was not good. The other thing I'll mention is Grant Williams, man, the shine's come off this guy. Do you realize he played 31 minutes tonight and didn't score? That's almost impossible to do. If you play 31 minutes in a basketball game, and you don't score. I mean, that's something to really think about. The only other guy that didn't score in this game that played was George Hill. George Hill played 13 minutes, and it's not like Grant didn't have opportunities—brick to pair of threes. But Grant has been a complete no-show the past couple of games. This whole thing about Grant Williams—he had been shooting the ball, great corner threes, and all that—we have not seen that guy in a while. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The number. Let's get to Gino and Dorchester. What's up, Gino?
5: What's so, up, man? I mean, honestly, bro, you you hit a, a lot of subjects. I played high school varsity ball, and to see that rebound and just that putback was sick. And, and, like, the point you made about Grant Williams, it's like you're an NBA player. Like, you're supposed to, like, do your thing, and you get paid millions of dollars to play ball, and you don't show up. And you made a great point as far as Tatum just taking these crazy shots early. Drive to the hoop, get some calls, man. Like, I don't know. I'm sick right now, brother. I'm sick, and uh, I just want to know what you think, bro.
3: I appreciate the call, Gino. Good stuff, man. I just felt like, I don't know if Tatum overcompensated. I can't tell you exactly what was going through his head, but I felt like that's what happened. I felt like, I don't know if he heard the media, but people calling for Jason Tatum to have his signature performance in the series. It felt like he was pressing for it way too much in the second half. Now, in the first half, rather. In the second half, he was much better. I felt they'd played really well in the second half of this game. It was just the first half. And the constant, and I don't complain about this as much as other people do. I know people have a real issue with this. But, like, tonight, he gave up a three to Wes Matthews because he was yelling at the official. After he scored, he won an and-one. He's yelling at the official. He doesn't get back on defense. I, that crap can't happen. <laughs> Those are three points you can't get back now. So, the trade off is you can play with the official on a basket where you score at the rim for two points. They hit a three on the other side for three points. So, the trade off, because you wanted to bark at the official, it's negative one point. What did that get you? It's not worth it, man. Like some of these times, he's just got to relax. 617 779, 7937 the number. Let's get to David in Florida. Hey, David. Brian, I mean I want to congratulate
5: the Celtics because they've making me more angry than the Red Sox have and I thought that was impossible but uh, uh, I mean you're absolutely correct rebounding and it's just they and rebounding more than anything is about heart and tenacity and they just they don't exist they don't care they're just so full of apathy they're getting their paychecks and they're living fat and fancy and they just don't Care. Yeah. David, I mean and that's out of bounds. You
3: can't say they don't care. What's they're living about? fat and happy. <laughs> they're getting You think Al Horford doesn't like... care? Did you see that guy tonight? You you're see right, that guy right, flying right, all no, over the right, place? You're right. You're right. You're right. I'll give I'll give
5: you Al Horford. I won't I won't dispute that. You don't Al think Marcus market... Look, Marcus is
3: Smart, I I mean uh, bad turnover late smart. or on the block, but you don't think Marcus Smart cares about winning? David, I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Ryan, you Ryan, know that's wait, unfair. Wait, wait, no, David, 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 come on. You know that's an unfair comment to say the guys don't care. They don't play with
5: enough intelligence, okay? Yes, I'm engaging in hyperbole. They, they, I, I, I mean, they don't exhibit significant intelligence on the court. Like you said, they they take quick shots. They they don't do the little things, just like the Red Sox. They don't. They have to shoot well to win the game because they don't do. The well, little I mean, things. everybody has touchdown.
3: to, mainly David. I mean, you got to shoot well to win. They, I mean, it's kind they, of. Uh... No, Elementary part of basketball. You have to put it in the hoop. They don't
5: get second-chance opportunities. They they, they don't rebound. Um, Milwaukee um, had 32 defensive rebounds to Boston's five offensive rebounds. I know you're going to get more defensive rebounds than other teams, but 32-5, to they don't. They don't fight to get the offensive boards. They take long shots of the threes or twenty footers, and they don't. And then the rebounds, um, are long rebounds. They don't. They don't play with enough tenacity. They don't exhibit David. enough intelligence <laughs> I mean, on the court. David,
3: I mean, look. If you want to criticize, Brian, I appreciate I, the call, David. If you want to criticize the Celtics, that's fine. But all your points are just dumb. They're invalid points tonight. To say that they don't play hard is ridiculous and don't play with enough intensity. Did they lose it in the fourth quarter? Certainly. I'm not defending the fourth quarter. I mean, that was atrocious. You have to get a free throw rebound. You get a free throw rebound. You win the damn game. You go up 3-2, to and in all likelihood, you're going to win the series. That's the reality of it. It's over 80% of the time when you go up 3-2, you win the damn series. So I'm not dismissing what happened there. In the fourth quarter, and especially I'm not dismissing what happened on the missed free throw. But man, to say this team doesn't care or they're they're not intelligent. It's ridiculous. I mean, come on. I mean, let's be let's have an, a real conversation about what happened. This team had one of the worst rebounding performances we have ever seen. I don't think it's because of a lack of effort. I think that it was a lack of execution. That's what I think happened tonight. Six one seven, seven seven nine. 790 three seven the number. Let's get to Alex in Connecticut. Hey, Alex. Yeah, hey,
4: Brian. Um, it's right, really quick, you know, comments on the Celtics and the Sox. I'll, I'll, get, it, I'll get it quick because I know you're busy. What with the Celtics, remember a couple weeks ago, and I said, look, I'm going to bet the bees because I just feel the, they got the heart that they want to win. And you said, oh, you know, Middleton's out. How can you not going to bet the Celtics? I said, no, nah, I'm going to wait on the Celtics. And they're doing exactly what I was afraid they're going to do. And they did it tonight. Fourth quarter. They start falling in love with the clock, trying to eat up the 24 seconds, and how many times they're running out of time and then they got to rush it. They take a shot that they really weren't looking to take, and there's nobody under the basket for the rebound. Nobody under the basket for the offensive rebound. And then on the other end, they just – I've never seen anybody give up so many offensive rebounds. That means at one point, on one basket – Four offensive rebounds in a row. I know. Audrey One crazy.
3: possession. One yeah. possession. They gave up four offensive rebounds. You can't make oh, it up. You, you knew eventually, I think it was Holliday ends up hitting the three. Eventually, it was going to happen. Eventually, it would happen. Yeah, it yeah. was unreal. You, you saw it coming. Yeah, quick with the socks. Do you know that I found out today? I didn't
4: realize that Cassis and the, the best pitching prospect. Was it Bellows or Bam? They are. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that those guys are Dombrowski's kids? Those are Dombrowski's boys. So, my question is Mr. Bloom, what the heck have you been doing? You're supposed to be, you know, building the farm system, yet, our best pitching prospect and our best prospect, you know, hitting prospect are not even your guys. So
3: what's he been doing? <laughs> he did, I mean, he did draft Marcelo Mayer. I mean, that was big. And hey, you know oh, what, Alex? Wow. A- hold, on, Alex. hold on, one sec. And he yeah, Alex. Come hold on. You got Connor Wong. Yeah, Alex. Hold on one sec though. Hold on one sec though. Hold on one sec. I got something for you. We are going to see a Bloom guy pretty quickly here. You do realize that, right? So you no. can't yeah, Josh Winkowski, the kid that's pitching in AAA today. They had yeah. him throw just two innings because the Red Sox obviously need help. So he's a starter, but he only pitched two innings. So he's probably going to be up either in this this Texas series or next week. The manager, the AAA manager, Chad Tracy, said after the game, the reason they didn't let him go as normal start was because they had to be flexible with the big club. So we'll see a Bloom guy pretty shortly here. He was in the Benintendi Uh, trade, your guy.
4: And I got a quick question for you. And I'm going to ask you, because you're pretty fair with this. I'm going to ask you, and I I know you defend these guys, but I'm going to ask you. With John Henry and this, this whole group, I mean, they came in, they did their 10-year plan, fixing up the park, great job, world championship, but at the end of it, they also started to expand their little empire. They got it to NASCAR, they got Liverpool. Yeah, Penguins, yeah. Liverpool has been on a roll. Liverpool's playing the FA Cup Saturday, they have the Champions League uh, championship at the end of the month. You know, they're in the run for the Premiership this week. You know, they probably won't make it, but they're they're right there at the end. Maybe they're focused too much on Liverpool and not enough on socks.
3: So hold on, Alex. Let me be clear on this. So you don't think it? All right, because usually the critique of them is the money. So your critique is that maybe they're not doing their job enough in terms of realizing what hein Bloom's doing. Is that your point?
4: No, I think that they're they're just giving it to Hein Bloom. They'll take let him take the heat from you know people like me, and that they're very satisfied with their. You know, with with their with their sports group, because they've got, yeah. you you know what, Alex, that's actually
3: Alex, that's actually a fair and I appreciate the call. That's actually a fair way of looking at it, because ordinarily the takes that we have with the Red Sox ownership group, they're unfair. Usually what we hear as it pertains to the Red Sox ownership group is, oh, they don't spend enough. Well, that's just not true. They do spend plenty of money. They always spend plenty of money. It's never been an issue with this team. You want to criticize a team for not spending money, you should look at the Patriots, not the Red Sox. The Red Sox always spend money. So that is a lazy take. But Alex makes a good point. If the Red Sox ownership group is more concerned about, and not more concerned, but they have so many other different things now. You know, he mentions Liverpool and the fact that, you get into racing and now the Penguins. And so if that is the issue here, right, that their focus is elsewhere and they're not paying enough attention to Heimblum, that is a legitimate criticism. That is legit. All right, let's get to Griffin in a car. Hey, Griffin. How you doing? Good, man. So the one thing that's got me so messed up
6: about this Celtics game, when we have Giannis at the line with like 11 seconds left and yep. we still have that timeout, why is Grant Williams on the low block there instead of Tyce?
3: Well, Tice, in fairness, in fairness, in fairness, Griffin. Tyce sucks at rebounding. In fairness, he got beat twice for a free throw rebound in Game Four. I mean, I'll give you
6: that, but Grant is just so small to have down there. Like I love, I loved him the first few games. Like you said, he hasn't shown up. I just don't understand why you don't try to compete with the Buck size down there and put someone who's just a little bit bigger than Grant there when we have the timeout. You can get Tyce out the game for the offensive
3: play. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm not gonna. not going to, I don't, like, I'll be critical of the team. I'm not going to critique Eme Adelker for that. I, I, I mean, I just, I don't think that's a, I don't think, like, I don't think Tice gives you that much of a better opportunity to get the rebound. Fair enough. I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, just, I mean, and Griffin, here is maybe where Robert Williams' absence shows up. Right. I mean, maybe this like because he wasn't I mean, he was actually hurting the team more than helping the team offensively. I mean, they were way better with him off the court offensively. But maybe this is where Robert Williams, who's a premier athlete, goes up and gets you the rebound. Maybe that's where the Robert Williams absence was felt tonight. And I'm sure he gets you maybe one or two more stops on Giannis going to the rim. God willing, but. Yeah, and maybe some of those other long rebounds, right? I mean, this guy's a premier athlete. We know that he can jump out of the gym. Maybe you're getting yourself into a situation, right, where he gets a couple of those rebounds that go out and eventually become three pointers.
6: And at least one more bucket on one of those gimme lobs at the end of the shot clock because he's just always up there for those two.
3: Yeah, no, Uh, you're right about
6: that.
5: Next game, and
6: we'll do something
5: there.
3: Yeah, I really hope they can bring it back. Griffin, I appreciate the call because you do wonder about a carryover effect as well. Let's get to Sean in Idaho. What's up, Sean?
6: Hey there, Brian. Uh, well, one thing I'm going to say, Boston Celtics is this, do you guys know how to rebound the ball? I mean, obviously, (laughs) you know, no, no. I mean, tomorrow, if I were you on Thursday, before you play Friday, why don't you look at the film a bunch of times and practice how to rebound the ball for crying out loud. You should have grabbed the ball. And you know, the other thing is we got to remember with your show, Brian, you did a great job, but I always enjoy calling in from time to time. I know it's always about the Red Sox, but, um, but the Celtics, the other thing was, did you ever notice tonight like we all did, how many times they left the Bucks open for three? There was a guy open for three in the fourth quarter. And the other thing was the Celtics did not take care of the basketball. That was another thing that hurt them in the game tonight. They were sloppy, they looked tired in that fourth quarter. And you know, walking it up the court, I'm like, give me a break. And as far as the Red Sox go, I'm well actually real quickly with the Celtics, your question, um, Do I think it's over? No, I don't think it's over, but they're going to have to be ready to play on Friday and give it everything they've got. I expect them to show up and maybe hopefully win game six. But, you know, the Celtics should not have been down 3-2. This series should have been over in five games because, Brian, let me tell you something, bud. Game three, that was bad. You're up by one point. Why are you firing bomb three? And that's what I get tired with the Celtics about. Quit shooting the bomb three and go to the basket. Sometimes they live and die with those threes, and it gets to be so annoying even when they go in. And then with the Red Sox, i got to mention this real quick, bud. Mm -hmm. With Ryan Brazier, it's like an automatic loss. When he comes in <laughs> and pitches, we're like, oh, boy, it's an automatic loss. And, you know,
3: I they are I mean, starting
6: to hit as a group, but the hitting is uh, – but, again, our bullpen is the
3: worst it's been in
6: a long time.
3: Yeah. The bullpen is atrocious. Right. And the Ryan Brazier thing, I, I just don't know what he's still doing here, honestly. I,
6: I don't know why either. I mean, when I saw him coming, I was like, oh no, here it comes, bottom of the ninth inning and stuff too. But if we get to extra innings, look at the record in the extra innings. There's zero and six in extra inning games. I mean, yeah. the Red Sox offense is starting to hit butt, but, you know, it just seems like they just haven't been able to catch a break. And yeah, Jane Bloom deserves a lot of blame for this because I remember saying after the lockout got over with, The key thing they needed was a closer. This closer by committee did not work in 2003. And it did not work in 2019. And I'm sorry to zigzag about the Celtics again. I know I'm zigzagging here, bud. But I will say this. Some of the hard losses the Celtics have had in their postseason, like, you know, with not grabbing the rebound, I was like thinking, man, does it take us back to game four of 1987 when Kevin McHale didn't get the rebound in 87? We've seen the films and the clips of that. Or, yes, game seven of 2018, yeah, tonight. came
3: to my and mind. And well,
6: 2010. I mean, they're even yeah. 93 when they lost to the Hornets. Yeah.
3: Yeah. All right. Hey, appreciate the call as always, Sean. Good stuff, man. Yeah, that's what came to my mind, quite frankly, was the Celtics lost to the Lakers. And I get it, it's NBA Finals, but this feels like a massive series. And it does truly feel like to me, and look, Phoenix is a really good team, but it's not a perfect team. It really does feel like to me, whoever wins this series is going to win the championship. The Celtics will have beat Giannis Antetokounmpo in the box, and the box will get Chris Middleton back. I don't see this team losing to any team out of the West. I certainly don't see that Bucks team losing to the Heat or the Sixers, and it's probably going to be the Heat. I, these are the two best teams to me, and you had a golden opportunity to win, and you failed. All right, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. If you do want to win in this, you certainly can. We're with you up until midnight here on EI.
0: After the end of a good
2: fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter.
3: The following is a commercial
1: announcement.
2: Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather and traffic you need and the music you love.
6: I'm Meg Hogan, CEO of Boston Senior Home Care. When you enroll in our Caregiver Solutions program, you know you don't have to do it alone. We offer counseling, technology, scholarships for after-school programs, and more at no cost to you. So enroll today online at bshcinfo.org. Boston Senior Home Care's Caregiver Solutions. You can depend on us.
1: Traffic.
5: Can it get any worse? It's time to zoom past it on the T. Stop spending hours sitting in your car. Get where you need to go without the crush of rush hour traffic or circling the block to look for parking. Ditch the car. Now's the time to take the T. I'm
1: Mark Tristy, president of Jackson Lumber and Miller. Builders, contractors, and homeowners have counted on us for quality materials and great service since 1946.
4: I would say that we're a one-stop shop for pretty much all your building needs from the ground up.
1: That's Ernie Villers, our Lumber Sales Manager.
4: One of the messages I like to send is that you don't know what you don't know. And until you give Jack's Lumber a try, you'll find out that the old way of doing things has changed. And technology has played a big part in our ability to be able to service the customers on a level that's second to none.
1: Serving our customers is our number one goal, and our team of sales professionals is second to none.
4: Our Jackson team of 23 consultants each have an average of about 20 plus years of experience that they bring to the road every day to service our customers. We bring Jackson Lumber to you.
1: Contractors, builders, and homeowners visit Jackson Lumber and Millwork in Lawrence, Woburn, Amesbury, and Raymond, New Hampshire for all your building materials and supplies. Or visit us online at jacksonlumber.com. That's Jackson Lumber and Millwork, providing solutions and delivering results since 1946.
2: Tired of paying more and getting less? T-Mobile believes customers should get more without worrying about their bill. That's right, more 5G coverage, more savings, and even more cool stuff. And what does that mean? It's like expecting this, and getting this. Expecting this, and getting this. At T-Mobile, you get more. Like more 5G bars and more places and more savings. So your family saves 20% with essentials versus AT&T and Verizon. Plus, we won't raise the price of your rate plan with our price lock guarantee. So, would you rather have this or this? The answer's simple. Switch to T-Mobile today and see for yourself what more
1: feels like. T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 20% savings with two to four lines on essentials versus comparable plans. Features may vary. Price lock for rate plan, talk, text, and data on qualifying lines. See terms at T-Mobile.com.
0: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me.
2: Sponsored by the Massachusetts Army National Guard. Aired by the Massachusetts Broadcasters Association at this station.
1: My name is Randy Brinson and I live in Boston and I've been an EMT for 10 years now. The most rewarding part of my job is uh, helping children and helping the elderly. I can remember joining the City of Boston Credit Union back when I first started working as an EMT. I was surprised to see how open-hearted they were and how welcoming they were to me. They made me feel like family, and it's almost like a home away from home. I'd recommend the City of Boston Credit Union to everyone. City of Boston Credit Union. Unique for Boston, unique for me. Federally insured by NCUA, member MSI. Join Alltown Neighborhood Perks to save 50 cents a gallon on gas. Your first fill up as a member and be entered to win gas for an entire year with every fill up at town and Honey Farms. Up to 20 gallons, $10 max discount at participating locations. One discount, remember, expires July 5th, 2022. Visit myneighborhoodperks.com for more details.
5: Woo, this feels
6: good!
1: Why does he feel good? Because he has all the hot water he needs.
6: Now you can catch the feels with a Navian tankless hot water heater. Imagine all the hot water you want for as long as you need. No wasting money and energy. No more
1: cutting that shower short. Just hot water all the time, every time. So feel good. <gasps> so good. With a Navian tankless hot water heater. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com to learn more. Now
0: back to it. WEEI late night and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
3: All right, welcome back in. We are with you until midnight after an absolutely atrocious loss for the Celtics. And now you're in a position where you gotta be the reigning defending champs twice. And you got to do one of it, or you have to do one of them on their home court. And look, you got the Bucs in game four with that exceptional performance from Al Horford. I don't believe this series is over. The Celtics have been the better team throughout the series. It's just the reality. I'm not making it up. All the numbers we tell you the Celtics have been the better team. But it's one simple, fundamental thing they couldn't do tonight. All the second-chance opportunities that they gave that team. You gave a game away on your home court when the Celtics pretty much throughout that game were in complete control. Now, a little bit of back and forth essentially in that first quarter, kind of a feel-out process as teams make adjustments and whatnot. But in the second quarter, it was completely dominated by the Celtics. They outscored Milwaukee 28-19 to in that second quarter. Jalen Brown was absolutely phenomenal in this game early, and he was absolutely phenomenal in the third quarter. And then Jalen Brown, who was so good in the third quarter, is kind of weird because if you look at that third quarter of the game, Jalen goes 6 for ten, two of 3 from three-point territory. He finishes the third quarter with 16 points. He was absolutely tremendous. And then you go to the fourth quarter of this game, and Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter, 0-for-2, one point. Hit a free throw. So I I just don't understand how this happens. Where you find something with Jalen Brown, you find something that is working with Jalen Brown, and then all of a sudden, the guy is a complete no-show in the fourth quarter. I'm not even like only blaming Jalen Brown for this. I look at the fact, well, why weren't they calling more stuff for Jalen? It felt like everything in the fourth quarter was running through Tatum, which I don't have a problem with Tatum being the leader of the offense Tatum running the dance or leading the dance, running the show, whatever cliche you want to use. But there has got to be more opportunities for Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter of that game, and he just wasn't there. And the fact that now you look at a loss like this and how you respond from it. Like, after the game tonight, Ime Adoko was asked about after the Spurs lost Game 6 of the NBA Finals to the Miami Heat, if you remember back to that where... Essentially, Ray Allen hits that crazy shot in the corner. And remember, in that particular situation, the Spurs are about to win the championship. At that point, the Spurs had a 3-2 series lead. They were already getting the champagne ready, like in the visiting locker room there in Miami. Ray Allen hits that three. So Ime Ardoko was asked about that after the game. What did you learn from that experience? Well, they didn't win the next game. The Miami Heat did, and the Miami Heat ended up winning the championship. So I don't know if Ime Adoka could lean on anything that he kind of experienced from that. Now, the next year, they bounced back and they won. But, man, it just feels like an awfully difficult task to knock this guy off, Giannis Antetokounmpo, twice in a row. And tonight, you felt like, all right, you win this game. You got two chances. You can try to go do it in Milwaukee. And if you had beaten them twice like you had, you beat them in Game 4, you beat them in Game 5, if you had won this game tonight, it really would have felt like, it would have been awfully tough for the Bucs to win that game because the Celtics had all the momentum. The Celtics have been the team that has been more consistent on the offensive end. Not that the Celtics have been great offensively. They've been way below their season averages, if you will. But the Bucs have been playing horrible offense. Worse than the 30th-ranked offense in the NBA, both in offensive rating and in an effective field goal percentage. And it's just... It's these things where the Celtics have just shot themselves in the foot throughout the series. It's points off turnovers. It's fast break points, right, in the first in the first loss. And then tonight, remember the first quarter of that game where the Celtics played, uh, or I should say the second quarter of game one, where the Celtics were just turning the ball over left and right and just gift wrapping the Bucks' opportunities? Not to say that the Bucs were not working for these offensive rebounds. They certainly were. They deserve credit for getting these offensive rebounds. I'm not trying to take anything away from Milwaukee. But there is no defense of what happened with the Celtics in this game. They should have won. No way around it. And then at the end of the game, I don't really, I'm not too critical of the play that Ime Adoka drew up. It's not like everybody's like, why are we giving the ball? You weren't drawing the ball. You weren't drawing up the play for Marcus Smart. That wasn't the play. The play was to get Jason Tatum coming off some off-ball stuff to get him more of an advantage than just giving him the ball in an ISO situation because we saw sort of how that went. Earlier in the game, Jason Tatum was not good in the first half of this game. And it felt like one of the big issues I had was the Celtics offense. It just stopped. They stopped running offense in the fourth quarter. And it felt like what happened to them in the third quarter, and in particular the second quarter, when they took control, they were running their stuff. They were taking advantage of weak spots, right? Bobby Portis is out there on the court in the fourth quarter. They should have gone after him. Every time they went after him, good shots happened for the Celtics. Even if they didn't hit shots, the process was good. But then it just felt like they were trying to milk away the clock or something. And the Bucks are getting up and down the court. They're running their offense. And the Celtics are just missing opportunities for easy stuff. And they weren't helping themselves offensively in that fourth quarter. Like, obviously, the rebounding, that's the massive story in this game. That's how the Celtics lost this game. But really, if you look back at it, I have no idea... Why they just stopped running their stuff in the fourth quarter. You realize they didn't attempt a single three-point shot in the fourth quarter. I know a lot of people complain about taking too many threes. How do you not generate one good open three in the fourth quarter of the game? Embarrassing. Unbelievable. And now you got to go to Milwaukee on Friday night. I mean, this is one instance where I think the, good, the short turnaround is good because I, I don't know how long you can stew on this one. All right, thanks to Ethan for producing. I'm back with you on Friday. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.